Hey now, this is Jason Acorn with The Boneyard, and you are listening to Jason on the Outdoor Adventures with Jason. Welcome to Outdoor Adventures with Jason. Each week, I bring the world of hunting, fishing, and conservation to you. From the great hunting and fishing opportunities found in the Americas, to the dream safaris located on the dark continent beyond. I'll introduce you to those who are already out in the field living every outdoor enthusiast's dream, as well as outfitters and gear manufacturers that can make those dreams your reality. Killin' Sticks Arrows are for the serious hunter, a company that understands the needs of the outdoorsman and provides five different styles of carbon fiber arrows, ranging from hunting to tournament arrows. If you want premium carbon fiber arrows, go to Killin' Sticks, K-I-L-L-N-S-T-I-X dot com to review their carbon arrows. For listeners of the Outdoor Adventures with Jason show, use promo code OUTDOORS to get 10% off your first order. Killin' Sticks, where the blood trail begins. This episode of Outdoor Adventures with Jason was taped before the National Wild Turkey Federation's conference took place in Nashville in February of 2018. You're going to hear a couple items discussed about that, but again, please head out and check out uh, Jeff's website at tagitworldwide.com, and I hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to this episode of Outdoor Adventures with Jason. Today, I'm really excited. As many of you heard in past episodes, I am got bit by the turkey hunting bug. I've never been turkey hunting before, but this next guest is maybe really going to help me fill out that first hard bird. I've got Jeff Buds on. Jeff is the owner of Taggett Worldwide, and Jeff is an immensely accomplished turkey hunter, and I'm going to let him tell you about that. But Jeff, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. How are you today? Hey, I'm fantastic, and I, I really appreciate the time because many people just don't understand that once this turkey hunting thing takes a hold of you, you kind of start getting just turkey on the brain, and... I want folks to really hear from a master like yourself about what it takes and where it's at with the turkey hunting. And could you give the listeners a little background on on you, tag it worldwide, and most importantly, talk about the uh, number of turkey slams that you've completed so far. Hope everybody's sitting down and got some popcorn and a drink because it's going to be a while. <laughs> no, uh, I'll kid aside. So I, in college, I got uh, the bug. A buddy took me out on my first hunt and called in two little scrawny jakes in 1989, April 1st. And then I went two years without getting a bird, and that was it. I was I couldn't believe it. After, and so in 92, I shot. So I didn't get one in 90 and 91. 92, I said, that's it. I'm going to go until I get one. I did. After that, I said, that's it. I'm. This is what I'm about, and turkeys. And, and through a long transition and road and, and such, I've, I started a company, Tag It Worldwide, and I guide turkey hunts. I do a bunch of stuff, but my basic premise was uh, and goal was to be surrounded by turkeys and hunting and to make sure that that was my living and nobody could ever say, don't go hunting. So that's what I do and have done for the last 20 years. Along the way, I've accumulated 97 Grand Slams. I live in Florida, have for the last 13 years, and the Osceola is the elusive Osceola is the hardest one, and I've got him in my backyard. You know, I do I guide for Grand Slams, I guide for Osceola, I guide Marians and Rios as well on the side, but everything centers around the Osceola, and so we're at the what is it February 6th? I was out this morning at six o'clock listening for birds, and you know because our season in the Southern Zone opens March 3rd. But it's everything about eat, sleep, breathe turkeys. I mean, I my phone rings, of course, because it's a business. But I talk about turkeys every single day of the year. 
360 days of the year, I bet you, I talk about to somebody at some point about turkeys, information, public ground. I try and, I, you know, I make a living at booking, but I still, there's all kinds of opportunity. Nowadays, the Grand Slam is sort of passe, and everybody talks about the Super Slam, which getting a turkey out of every, all 49 states. There's none in Alaska. So guys try and do that and facilitate them getting another two or three states a year. Because again, it's just a long process. It took me, you know, 15 years, 18 years to accomplish that. And, and now, you know, it's about taking the kids and the other people. And, you know, I just love it. I eat, sleep and breathe and love it. What impresses the heck out of me is 97. Did I hear that right? 97 slams. 97 slams. Yes, sir. So you can get legally in Florida, you can get two spring Osceolas and you can get two fall Osceolas. I was the first one to figure that out. I have uh, 1999. I got my first fall two birds. So I I harvested and recorded with the NWTF uh, four grand slams. And I've recorded four grand slams since then. And, you know, had slams before 99. So I'm at 99 and I'll get uh, turn a hundred this year in 2018. And then I've been asked, well, what do you do? And I say, well, then I go for 204 and 208 and 200. I mean, 104, 108, 112. And I just keep, I can't imagine not getting four grand slams every year from now until good Lord calls me home. (laughs) Now, when you look and aside from the own the turkey hunting that you do with Taggett Worldwide, mm. uh, you really offer a number of options for that person, whether they want to do just the Osceola hunt or whether what I think is amazing is a whole single season Grand Slam that they can do with you or even yep. trophy alligators. If you're in Okeechobee, darn near in your backyard, probably. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. You know, you get, I just had a friend in last week and we're driving down the road and they, oh my gosh. And I don't even bat an eye and there's a, alligator hit on the side of the road just like if you're in kansas and you look over and see a whitetail and somebody what's that you know so but yeah hogs and alligators and turkeys grand slams um i do a miriam rio camp out west and and just whatever to keep me from march 3rd until oh i get done i'm booked until mother's day i promised mom i'd be home for may 13th on sunday the 13th so i start scouting well i was scouting today and i'll It'll start to get more and more right before the March 3rd, but I'll go 10 weeks of turkey hunting every day with myself, friends, clients, you name it, filming, scouting, whatever. I'll be in the woods every day for 10 weeks um, in and around turkeys. So I just, you know, I eat it up and I can't wait. And towards the end when most people would be crushed and collapse and tired, I just thrive on it because I know this is it for the next, until fall picks up and I get to chase them again. So I just love it. Well, now, so if I understand right, I can come in and maybe I can't do or afford the single season Grand Slam at the moment, but I can start off and do the Osceola with you and then do a Miriam maybe the following year or, or something like that. You can guide on all those different hunts as a single pack, yeah, a single hunt. Yeah. Yeah, I don't focus, I don't do much with the Easterns. I, when I book a single season Grand Slam with a client, then I take, then I go to Georgia and we hunt there or North Florida because there's Easterns right on the Georgia, you know, Georgia line. So they come in and they'll shoot one Osceola, one Eastern, go out west and shoot one Miriam and one Rio with me. 
But yeah, you nobody you don't have to get a grand slam. You don't have to do it in a a day, a week, a month, or even a year. Some guys it takes fifteen years to get all those birds. They usually hunt easterns because that's everybody has easterns in their backyard, or ninety percent of the eighty percent of the turkey hunters, because um, there's so many states with easterns. So that's why I don't focus on on easterns. Um, I do South Dakota, Kansas, and Nebraska for Merriams and Rios, and then Florida and uh, Georgia for for the Osceola and a couple Easterns. So, yeah, we do it however you, however a guy is going to want to do it. And I, whatever, I, however they, I can facilitate it, that's what I do. Oh, fantastic. So the easiest way is really to contact you, and I'll have your website and phone number in the show notes. So anybody that wants to contact you, all they have to do is go into the show notes here, click on the link to tag it worldwide, and you'll be right in Jeff's uh, neighborhood to be able to contact him. Exactly. So talk a little bit with the, because everybody talks about to get the slam, you got to have the Osceola. The Osceola is obviously probably the most limited of the birds to hunt just because of location. And are, are they any more difficult to hunt say than a Eastern or a Rio? No. And the, and you know, you nailed it, Jason, from supply and demand standpoint, you know, there's, Eastern's in 20-some states. There's Rio's in 10 or so and Miriam's in 10 or so. Well, you get Osceola's, and they're in one half of one state, and that's Florida. So you have to go to Florida, and, and there's big ranches. There's not little 160s and 80s and 40s where you fight all over the Midwest. So you, there's not doors to knock on, and that's how I've made figured out how to make a living at it and, and come in and been befriend all these big ranches and, and I've got thousands of acres and, and birds. So I, I, uh, go and get the Osceola, get them lined up, but in the woods, everybody for a grand slam bar on the Osceola is the hardest, but in the woods, once you're in the woods, the Eastern is a much harder bird to hunt, much more wary, smarter, more cunning. Everything is slice and dice bird for bird. On a scale from 1 to 10, an Eastern is a 10. An Osceola is probably a 5 or 6. Miriam and a Rio are real close. They're probably 2 and 3. Um, there's that much difference between the four four birds. And, you know, I think the Miriam's probably, a, we call it a 2. A Rio's a 3. An Osceola's a 5. And an Eastern's a 10. Really? Mono a mono once you're in the woods. Yep, yep. So an Osceola, once you get down here, you know, you're, you know, there's no, you're, you're going to get your bird. I mean, that's, that's what I do. So as long as you can hit it, you're going to get it. Yep. I had two guys that didn't get a, get a bird last year of all my birds. And, and they had five shots between the two of them at birds at Tom's less than 30 yards. And I can't do any better than that. I mean, (laughs) I've, uh, I, I tried, I, the only way I guarantee it is if I get a carrier gun and, Neither you nor I want to do that. <laughs> you might as well give them a slingshot next time. Yeah. They might have better exactly. luck. So yeah. talk a little, do you do anything with the New Mexico, Arizona, the small pocket of Goulds? No, no. There's there's such a small pocket and hard to get those. I I, I do Goulds down in Mexico. Okay. I've got a, an outfitter I, I work with and just do a, a group or two. It's a real reasonable deal and... So that works out and, you know, oscillated. I'd love to nail something down, but you know, it's tough dealing. People don't realize how tough it is dealing with uh, different countries and 
rules and regs and languages and how, you know, if you haven't traveled, you just, people just don't realize how incredible we have it in this country. So what is it like when you get down to Mexico for the Gould's turkey compared to, say, the Osceola or even the Eastern? Well, it's once you're in the woods and you get through the worrying about the cartel or whoever <laughs> you worry about as you being a normal person and thinking about traveling. But once in the woods, it's like hunting the, the out west and arid and mountains and, and the, the Gould's are so much like a Miriam Um really high pitched gobble you're dealing with ravines and and such and uh uh so it's it's just like hunting a miriam once you get down there so so not a super difficult deal. hunt no 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 and uh, you know again hopefully people do their their homework and they uh ask for references and they google a person's name and and nowadays with your smartphone in minutes, you can find out anything and everything you ever wanted to know about somebody, good or bad, and the bad's going to go screaming at you. Sure. So, you know, if there's not any not any huge bad red flags, then, you know, go for it. So that's, that's easy enough nowadays. So somebody comes in and, and they start to plan that first turkey hunt with you. Because of supply and demand and the increased demand on the Osceolas, is that what you usually recommend they start with as they head to Florida and do, knock that one out as the prices keep increasing? You know, honestly, of everybody that's hunted with me, 90, 80% of the people finish with their Grand Slam at with the Osceola. The others, it's always the Miriam. And those two birds, because everybody has Easterns in their backyard, for some reason or another, they go and they hunt a Rio. But of 99% of the people I've ever been with to finish their Grand Slam, which I should have kept track, but it's hundreds. And, you know, it's, it's incredible to me, even at this, to this day, to, for somebody to get their first bird or finish their Grand Slam or whatever, whatever they've accomplished, I just feed off of it. And it's just, it's not like my first bird, but as a guy, you know, what came first, the chicken and the egg. But I gain, I get so much out of it and appreciate it so much. But there, it's incredible. Uh, I had uh, little guy he was 78 and he went with his for me with his miriam and he'd been before twice before not got a miriam and i said okay and, and he couldn't walk much we came around the corner i said well you better be ready we came around the corner and there was a tom and he got out and jacked a shell in and had to lean around and he shot and he missed and how the bird just stayed there it was <laughs> he's a retired pastor and it was just incredible and he misses and he, oh no, oh no, I've missed my opportunity. I messed up. And he was beating himself up more than I ever could. And I, I was just heartbroken. And although I knew, because I, where I go is so incredible, I knew, I said, come on, Mr. Allen, don't beat yourself up so much. Trust me. It's no, no, that was it. That was my, well, later that afternoon, there is Miriam. And this is a, he said, Jeff, I won't admit this to everybody else. I've been married for, I think he said like 54 years. I've been a pastor uh, my whole life and love God, love Jesus, have four beautiful kids. But I'm telling you what, right now, this moment is, I won't say what's first, but this is the second best thing that's ever happened to me in my life. <laughs> and for a guy to say that, which is some pretty monumental stuff that's happened to him, and that's everybody can have a successful marriage. Everybody can have a great relationship with God. Everybody can have some beautiful kids. And everybody can chase a Grand Slam if they want, because I'm all about public ground and working man's Grand Slam and, 
And, and it was just incredible the way he said it, it just hit home. And it was like, it was a moment that I'll never forget. And, and, uh, me at, at, uh, at the time, you know, 90 some grand slams and shoot 20 plus birds a year and have killed 450, whatever birds total. And he's killed a handful and got his first grand slam. And it was just like, it was a tearjerker. It was incredible. So all those, all those great stories is why good guides, uh, people that, that it's not just about money, um, but, but they thrive on those moments and that's what it's about. And, uh, it just keeps me waking up early and going late and, and, uh, keeping after them, you know? Sure. We all know the old adage of take somebody out, a kid, a vet, uh, you know, anybody that doesn't hunt and take them out and introduce them to hunting. And it's always exciting. You might've killed a hundred turkeys or a hundred whitetails, but if you help that person experience their first, that's pretty, pretty neat thing to do. That gives you yeah. just as good a high as when you get the animal yourself. Oh, for me, it's, I, I live and thrive and eat, sleep and breathe it. It's what it's all about. I mean, I, you know, again, I, so somewhere in the 20, 20 birds or, or so a year for myself personally. And then I guide, oh my gosh, a hundred, well over a hundred birds and, I get to see get thumped every year and it just, every one of them is just incredible. You know, every one of them means something. Awesome. Now there's a picture that flashes on your website. That's really cool. It's you standing there with, I think it's a Miriam on a rock with your bow in your hand. It's either, it's either a Goulds from Mexico. Um, Cause I've t- two really that stand out or Goulds from Mexico. If it's a, if it's a rock, if it's, if it's a real rock and you can really tell the detail or if it's a black stump, then it's uh, my last bird for my super slam. That was uh, Arizona Got it. and in Fort May of 2014, or it was a Goulds from Mexico with, uh, with the bird, beautiful Goulds. So they're, uh, they're both, they both look pretty close to similar. Yeah. It might be the Goulds then. Cause it's definitely a tan rock. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. You've got a bow in your hand. So have you taken many of the slams with a bow? Yeah, yeah. So I finished my last bird with the that super slam. I tried to make it. Well, I didn't try and make. I knew I was going to sh- shoot him with the bow anyway, but I messed up on the draw. So the only way to hunt him was over the counter in Arizona was uh, archery. Otherwise, you had to draw, which is back in September. So I I did uh, my last bird of the forty nine states with the bow. So that was pretty cool. But both those birds were great hunts. Oh, fantastic. Now, so tell a little bit about the equipment that you use when you're bow hunting those. Well, uh, more times than not, you're a guy's going to hunt the blind. Uh, I started off with Keith and Brooks in 98. They were from uh, Fort Collins or just south of there. Uh-huh. Uh, they started double bow blind. So I started out working with those guys. And, and you know, those are the premier. Uh, they've been bought out a few times. Now they're with Primos. But, uh, you know, there's pop-up blinds, so I'll just say pop-up blinds all over. I've got a slew. I just went through them all the other day. I've got uh, 24 blinds because, you know, again, I want to make it comfortable because to film with a kid, with anybody impaired uh, movement or with archery equipment, sitting a long time, no vegetation. There's certain scenarios where a pop-up blind is mandatory. Right. Um, I set them out for all my guys because I want all my guys to be really comfortable. And again, 
I, I'm a facilitator. If a guy wants to run and gun, I say, great, go hunt this property. You know, and, and you don't have to sit in a blind. Go have fun. You're not going to hunt a big piece of my property with on opening day. If you're going to run and gun, that tells me run and, and scare. So um, to do justice to everybody and all the birds, I, I do sort of limit running and gunning. But to go sit and make a blind, I mean, Florida is a great place because there's vegetation year-round green thick vegetation so in a couple seconds you can cut a couple palmettos and make a, your own blind but uh, the pop-up blinds are just phenomenal you know so that's that's a must and you know decoys when for archery you want them to come in you know hopefully less than 15 yards and put them right up put the target right in front of you and make it nice easy chip shot you know it's sitting and waiting for archery is a is a you know all turkey you know patience has killed more birds than anything sure and uh for archery you better be you know archery or crossbow you better be willing to sit and wait a little bit because uh that's that's really effective do you prefer that when somebody says hey jeff i want to use a bow crossbow whichever do you prefer that they come in with a fixed blade broadhead, expandable, or you really don't care? There are some states, there's some outfitters that dictate, I'm not one of those guys. I want you to feel comfortable, and I'm not going to put any of the blame on me. Because if I try and force you to do something, then I'm setting myself up for failure. Myself, I use uh, two and whatever, half-inch rage, and I just blow them away. And, and you know, I use a, a smaller fixed rage for uh when i shoot big game but uh and i've shot i've shot a bunch of turkeys with a bunch of different stuff but that that big wide i love an expandable because i'm not a technical guy and i know with a field point or a practice blade i can shoot at the dirt or any target and i can know right where i'm shooting i shoot way far out i love long distances so with when you're shooting fixed blades they can if your bow is not tuned which mine i'm so hard on all my gear um, I don't, and I'm not a technical guy, as I said, so I shoot mechanicals and if you put it where it's supposed to be, it's going to, it's going to do its job, you know, rage through the cage and break <laughs> the legs and go through the guts and, and, uh, that's all you need to do. And that bird's not going anywhere. Well, if they fly, which they do more times than not, they'll fly less than a hundred yards and where they land, they'll be within five yards of that spot. If you truly, if you do your job and you break their legs They'll get that initial jump, get in the air, but when they land for the first time in their life, they're landing without landing gear, and whatever capacity they had before they landed is completely gone, and they're just, they rattle them, finish them, uh, and they're, laid, they're, they're there in a daze, and they can't then get back up. Um, so it's, it's incredibly effective. And even if you get one leg, not the best. I mean, it's pretty tough to get both legs, but even if you get one leg, they're still going to crash and tumble in just that shock. It's okay. gonna gonna hopefully finish them off or want to get them to bed down or hunker down, you know. So you're talking like a side shot where you put the arrow through both of their their leg. Yeah. Meat? Okay. Yeah, that's that's the hip, you know. And you there's all kinds of there's film, there's carcasses. I, I have a screenshot of a skeleton, but you want to get that hip socket because between the two hip sockets is all the guts, and you get one hip then that means you're going to get guts and that's all you need that bird's done so you, you might to, have to wait a little bit or look a little bit but he's done so you really try to dissuade somebody with a bow from shooting them like head on 
No. I mean, there's if they're strutting, facing away, you aim right for the butthole. If they're facing you, you aim. I aim right below the beard, where the beard goes into the body. Okay. Um, I've head shot, head neck shot them. Uh, there's all the reasons, rhyme the reasons. My perfect shot is a bird out of strut, so I can see the perfect body. When he's strutting, you got about a third of what that mass is is actual meat. And you can mess up and hit nothing but feathers really easy. So I really like a bird out of strut. Um, I love a bird sideways out of strut so I can see and I can hit that hit that hip bone. Where, you know, that's my target. But if he's got strutting, it. I got no problem. Because if he does come in strutting, he's probably going to stay strutting because he's trying to intimidate. I use a full strut uh, Jake. I only use a Jake decoy because a Tom and even two, three, four, whatever, he'll he'll see that Jake and want to come fight him. That's what my the game plan is. Oh, okay. What about these guys that come in? For a while, it seemed that it was real big with those guillotine-style blades, those big spinning ones where they'd want to take just the head off. Uh-huh. Did, were those ever really effective, or were they more of a gimmick? Oh, I, I've never shot them. I've heard. Uh, I've seen some footage. I've never had anybody okay. hunt with, the, with one of those, and I'm not... I mean, for me, that's just, it's just too much because they they're completely expanded. They're about a five inch head, uh, five six inch total, and there's just too much. When you're shooting, if it hits one little thing, you're done, and right. you have to hit that neck because if you hit the body, it's not going to do anything. It'll wound the bird, but you're not. I mean, it's, I just don't want to set myself up for for a failure, and and I've had too much success with the others, and I don't need to cut his head off you know yeah i always thought that was a kind of an interesting ploy but I, I like you said if you can hit him in the body you're gonna probably kill him yeah yeah the right spot in the body yep so you you like the rage and now are you going to be heading up to the national wild turkey convention oh absolutely going home to mecca are you kidding me <laughs> are you doing any seminars up there or speaking engagements you know this year I'm not. I got I got pretty busy uh, wrapping up my, the, this last year and got. Uh, so what do you do when you're 50 and you and you start slowing down? You get married for the first time and then. So that's what I did. So then what do you do? And Congratulations. You, what else do we do? So thank you. So now we have uh, we're we, we're expecting. We got married on June 10th. My first baby on the way on June 10th of this year of 18. So oh, congratulations! I'm pretty excited and. Yeah, so it's been a barn burner, and and uh, uh, there's so many good people to to speak at the NWTF, and and I'll probably go sit in on a couple of them. But I sat out this year, and and uh, letting the other guys get their chance to to shine, and just going to go up and meet and greet, and just go see what the new products are. And I mean, it's just it's incredible. They had their biggest year last year, and it's it's great to see that the industry is still doing well. Everybody talks about. Uh, hunters going hunter numbers going down uh birds in the southeast dwindling you know these sort of you know the negative uh uh, of the barometers and and i you know i just it's i'm a optimistic positive guy and it's sure nice to see that many people families women my wife my wife went for the first time what four years ago and she just couldn't believe it she said you know she was excited she said you know she saw all the nice she said, I was expecting a bunch of rednecks and overalls spitting <laughs> tobacco. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just so nice. And if you guys haven't ever been, you have to do it and check it off the list. 
because uh, it's just it's a great organization. They do a whole bunch. You know, there's a lot of good people there that are doing what we all like to do. It's turkey hunt, you know? Yes, I, I've i become uh, friends with Peter Mueller, who I've interviewed a couple times from the National Wild Turkey Federation. I think it's a great organization, and uh, I've really become a proponent of it. I, again, never turkey hunted, but I buy my membership every year, and I'm going to get one of these birds and start that that road towards that grand slam here. And I look forward to attending the convention next year because everything I've seen about it looks fantastic. Yeah, a lot, lot of information there, a lot of product. And and uh, you go away with a smile on your face and probably a whole cart full of new stuff, you know? <laughs> and an empty checkbook. Exactly. So I'm, I'm really curious, again, when we talk about that grand slam that you do with clients where they can do the single season, how mm-hmm. quickly does that take place from from when they start to when they end, uh, what's the period you're talking about of time and, and what's the requirements on the hunter? What, what do they expect from you and what do you expect from them? Well, it's, I set it up for a pretty easy deal because, you know, all of us have to have time and money and depending on what you have more of, that depends on that. That'll tell you what kind of a hunt guided, unguided, how, how fast you can get everything done. So I've, been fortunate with my success to, to line some stuff up and do a single season grand slam. Uh, this year I charged uh, $9,000 and that gets a guy, what he does, he comes in, he flies into Orlando, gets picked up. We come down, Oh, an hour and a half down to camp and we hunt an Osceola. We jump in the car and I do two on one. So I had two grand slam guys, um, in camp at the same time. And They'll, they'll both hunt with me. We'll get our Osceola, and then we'll jump in the car and drive, oh, what is it, six and a half hours up to Augusta, Georgia, and we'll hunt up there uh, for an Eastern. I've got a bunch of really good property up there, and then I'll bring them back to Orlando, and they'll fly out, and that's a four-day hunt, and then that's, oh, the third, fourth week of March, so late March, and then they'll come out the first week of May to Denver. I pick them up in Denver, drive five or six hours up to northern nebraska we hunt miriams there then we drive down about five hours to and again it's the same two guys um i i have three different so six guys this year two are buddies uh, the other ones are strangers but they'll know each other after the hunt because they'll be two trips four days together sure and then uh, we drive to kansas we hunt the rio there and then we drive down back five hours to denver and i put them on a plane so two four-day trips Eight days in the with me, and they get their they get four toms, Osceola, Eastern, Miriam, and Rio in that order, and they can check it off. I mean, uh, and I've got the guys coming this year. They've none of them have got a grand slam. One has only killed one bird. Uh, a couple others have killed several, but mostly easterns. And they just you know, and they're all pretty affluent kind of guys that that have more money than time. Because normally, if a guy's going to go book that hunt, you know, for me, just starting out, it's a $2,000 Osceola. Then if you're going to go hunt an Eastern, you're in the $1,500 realm, Rio, $15,000, and Miriam, you know, $1,000, $1,500 as well. So, you know, in four different trips, a guy's going to spend, he's going to spend a bunch in airfares and travel and time, and he's still going to spend six, seven grand. So I try and... I try and make it better and, and tame it down as far as the time gone. Cause for me or for the guys that I deal with, 
that's the most important. And honestly, both of those hunts, uh, we could probably get done in three days because, you know, I just saved the best of the best. And all that said, all my property is the best. I mean, I, I don't play around with it. I mean, um, everybody gets, all they got to do is do their job and uh, let the equipment do their its job. And the birds are going to do what they're supposed to do. So they just, they just have to get out of the, stay out of the bird's way until it's time to pull the trigger and, and follow through and do what they're supposed to. So... So that's pretty simple. Wherever they live, the hunter lives, they're really just talking two plane flights, one to Orlando and one to Denver. Everywhere, they have nonstop flights to both cities, where, most wherever you are, you know? And then, yeah, you're going you're gonna to meet them at both locales. You've, you've got yep. lodging. You've got food set up for them. So really, yep. they just have to be proficient with whatever weapon they're bringing to hunt with. And a lot of the guys, they, they shoot my Benelli's and... You know, we I, I make it simple because people get freaked out. Oh, what about traveling with weapons? And what about this and that? You know, so I, I try and make it as simple. I've answered all the questions. Um, you know, I team up with Nomad. They're a great, great proponent of the outdoors. They make a great product. I'm, you know, federal. I get, get great ammo. They, they just came out with their uh, TSS, which is the tungsten. So before, if you wanted to shoot tungsten, you had to had to make it yourself, and most guys like myself aren't going to be too uh, keen on doing that or proficient. So right. you know, there's certain things that I've come to love, and you know, not to, to to live without. And and I get my guys that are hunting with me and around me. I get them using the same product. So because I want them to be successful, I'm not setting them up for failure. I'm going to set them up to hit it out of the park. Um, because if they're successful, then I'm successful. Right, so that's your name. I on try it. and surround them with the best. Yeah, exactly. And then on top of that, you also do just with the traveling around for the the turkeys and all that. On top of that, around your local area, it looks like you could do some alligator hunts. Yep, we do alligator hunts. Uh, you know, hogs with the, all the TV shows nowadays. Everybody. They love hogs and they love alligators. So I, again, I'm just a facilitator and I'm trying to help everybody, everybody get what they want. And just like mama said, the more you help others get what, <laughs> the faster you help others get what they want, then the, you'll get the faster you'll get what you want. So again, I'm just trying to help everybody out because it, that's what we have. Osceola's hogs and alligators around every corner down here. Well, I'll tell you, I moved here to south texas about 13 years ago started hunting hogs and it's become my favorite animal to hunt i don't care what anybody says yeah you ask me to go hog hunting i'm gone i'll do it because it's just a blast yeah. yeah when you do alligator hunts do you have them come in shoot a hog to use that as bait to bring in the alligators no we've got oh 152 miles big big private ranch 152 miles of canals and you know we figure out what what a guy wants because the depending on what he wants, the price varies on per foot. And then we go looking and, you know, just like any guide, hopefully you've scouted and you know where different animals are. And, and, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of alligators. It's really easy. You can hunt them year round and on private property, you can use whatever your weapons. And, and it's a, for anybody who's a hunter, hunter, you really, it's like, it's going to the grocery store. I mean, you have to do your job guide's doing his job whether you're hunting with us or anybody else you tell him what size alligator you want and he's going to take you drive you around sneak you up 
And they're a lot more wary than anybody ever would imagine. I mean, we, I just went on a hunt yesterday looking for a 9 to an 11-foot alligator. And we spooked, oh, probably six or eight before we finally snuck up on. Uh, I mean, you got to think of a, a 10, 11-foot alligator. That's a 50, 60-year-old alligator. It's a dinosaur. And he didn't get that old by being stupid. Right. So they catch wind. They, they, they Sight, sound, vibration, they're gone. But, uh, it, you know, it's again, and then, you know, you just got to put the bullet, you know, show them a chart, put it behind the head and you, you, the neck, you want to break their spine and, and they won't move anywhere. So that's what we try and do. And perfect. It was a one shot deal. It was great. But again, it's, it's grocery store hunting. It's not true hunting. I mean, it, it's hunting. Don't make no mistake. But I, I try and tell everybody the more information that they can imagine because I want to set everybody up for success. I want I don't want any misconceptions. I don't want anybody to be disappointed because if a hunter leaves with or without anything and they're disappointed, it does me or any guide, it does no good. Right. You know? So do you only allow rifle on the alligator on the private property? You'll let them go with whatever weapon as long as they're proficient. Yeah, absolutely. You know, if you, again, if you go and you're trying to shoot a 11 foot alligator and you shoot with a, a bow crossbow pistol slingshot whatever and if you wound that animal and he's a hundred percent wounded and that arrow goes right through the middle of him you know there goes a there goes a trophy animal you know so you want to make sure that you're really proficient and you do what you're supposed to because you know wounding an animal and then there has to come the conversation oh now what well you just hit your animal that animal's going to die does us absolutely no good he's going to be floating within a day and rotten and nobody can do anything with the meat or the hide so we really push hard on and have everybody shoot whether it's their weapon or our weapon everybody's got to shoot and be proficient and all of us as hunters you can be the best on paper in the world but when you get that crosshair on your target uh an animal beating heart it changes everything and that's why we all do it and that's why it's so much fun you know exactly so what is the rifle caliber that you guys look at using on, a, say, an, say, a 9 to 11, 9, 11 to 12 foot alligator? What kind of cartridge are you using? Well, we've got a 25 out 6 single shot Thompson Center, which is an awesome gun. And I, I've got a couple myself in there because they're so perfect. That 25 out 6 with a ballistic tip, I mean, it just wears them out. And, you know, some guys show up with their weapon and they want to shoot their weapon and put a notch on it. And, you know, 25 out 6, uh, I mean, I shot one myself last year and I used a, my 6.5 Creedmoor, which is a smaller bullet. It was only 130 grain, but it's smoking out of there. And, and again, mm-hmm. if you put it in the right spot on the target, you, you do great. You know, it'll do its job. Well, yep. we've yep, covered agreed. a lot. We've talked about the Osceolas, the single season slam that you do, alligators, hogs. I mean, you're really offering all of it to folks. And the best way to contact you is going to be to go out to tagitworldwide.com. And the phone number I see on here is 217-502-1304. And that brings them right into you where they can talk with you and set up whatever type of hunting adventure around turkeys that that you can offer that's it man what an amazing thing and to uh, and it just blew my mind i'm sitting here thinking i know who i'm doing osceolas with and that's you because if you can do 97 slams in 20 years or so or less i don't know why anybody would look anywhere else 
So, you know, mm. I, I give you a lot of credit for what you've done, the popular stuff to bring and keep this turkey hunting alive and bring people like myself. Because if it wasn't for your working man article, that's what really stoked my interest in turkey hunting and got me going. And I, I appreciate that article. It was really a good read and i i'll have a link to it in the show notes so people can go out and read that and you do have a few videos out on youtube is that correct yeah sure i try i don't pay too much on the, all the tech stuff but i think so yeah i've done oh during season i'll get cranked up on that instagram and facebook and there's a new app hunt wise and link into that you know just to get guys cranked up and again because our season starts earlier the first of anybody's and so we get get in hot and heavy and i just want to get some information out to folks and keep them keep them excited about it well fantastic well i can't tell you how much i appreciate your time this has been so good and i folks again contact jeff he's the one that's going to put you on the birds whether you got more money than time or you got a lot of time and you want to take it slow and build up that that grand slam jeff's going to put you on the birds so i get out there and, and contact them and let it rip and have a good one. There it is. Awesome. And, and All right, but thanks for your time. Just enjoy it. Oh, no, thank you for your That's time. Exactly right. I appreciate right. it. Good All luck right, on that kid coming. All right, thanks. God yeah. bless. God bless you. Bye. Okay, thanks. Bye. Come early spring, it's getting green Fisher on the bed and Hear those turkeys gobble It's ringing in my head The winter rise bass boat Here comes another year Yeah, we command the outdoors around here Oh, we command the outdoors Yeah, we command the outdoors Come summertime, we're feeling fine Fishing on the lake Flipping jigs in Carolina rigs From early morning till real late Bonfires on the creek bank Kick back a couple beers yeah, we command the outdoors around here. Yeah, we command the outdoors. Yeah, we command the outdoors. Next year's doves until you know winter's on the way. Brushing blinds and deer stands The fever starts to creep Fill our freezers full of ducks Lots of tender deer Yeah, we command the outdoors around here Yeah, we command the outdoors Yeah, we So grab your guns and shells, boys Put on your camouflage 
Cause we command the outdoors around here 